I what? I mean, I'd be fucking ignoring CJ Henderson, man. If he's got a bad attitude in that room, fuck you, man. Fuck you. You're a first round pick, and you you don't take this like professionally. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. We're back at it. That's Bentley. Alongside via call is Asad Asan, representing the east side of Denver. Asad, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's good to talk again. We had a, a little short phone call a few weeks ago, and now we're officially back at it. It's football season, pretty much, at least. It, it feels legit when you see a game. And that Hall of Fame game always catches me by surprise, right? I'm always, always out for like a drink or some shit and I look up and there's football on the TV and I'm like, what? why the hell are they playing? Oh my God, it's live. You're telling me you didn't know it was happening? Are you serious? And every year catches me off guard. Cause it's like a, this year, what was it? Like a exact, like over a week before the Jaguars played. Ah, oh, yeah, that's true. But I mean, you are a Cowboys fan, so. I wasn't that night. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football's back, man. It's great. It's a, it's a great feeling just seeing any type of game on whether it's preseason or whatever. And it's really nice when it's our team, <laughs> the Jaguars. And I was really curious for you, what was the first thing that impacted you when seeing live preseason football action? I had goosebumps, man. Like when Trevor Lawrence is running on the field for the first time. I know we uh, we deferred, so we played defense first. But when he was coming on the field, just something. My heart was racing like it was a real game. And it just felt different. It felt so cool. Like it felt like the day was never going to come, right? Where he's going to actually suit up and play. And then he got sacked on his first drop back and reality set in. And I was like, Oh, we're still the Jaguars. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, it was, it was great, man. It was, it was a great feeling. Maybe it didn't go exactly how we wanted it to for Trevor. It wasn't like your storybook, you know, start, but we'll see what happens. Did did you have nervousness? Did you feel like there's something at stake? Like, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence's first jog onto the field and first snap and first drive. Does it does it mean something? Setting the tone right in the preseason, does that mean something or is that completely irrelevant? I think it's actually completely ir- irrelevant. But as a fan, I just felt it's cool seeing your fr- your hopeful franchise quarterback, you know, get on the field for the first time for them. I don't know how much it means. You know, they took, he took what seven pass attempts and you know, that's not much. We'll actually know when we watch week one, then it'll set in, but I don't think it matters much. What do you, what do you think? It was weird. Trevor Lawrence, like hopping onto the field and taking part in the first drive. What really wasn't that big of a deal for me? Uh, I guess it, it was bizarre. It was like this psychological shit where like we've been expecting this moment for what is it like nine months now like uh (laughs) like the delivery of a child basically right yeah (laughs) and i'm sure i'm sure there's something there with like postpartum depression (laughs) where (laughs) once it's all said and done you're like whoa it's over now like that waiting period's gone i i kind of I kind of I'm not used to life without the waiting period now. It was that was a weird feeling. But my focus was on much less significant stuff like the jersey numbers. Oh, okay. You know the uh, NFL voted this 
the owners voted this uh, this offseason. The jersey numbers will be expanded. So running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, halfbacks, wide receivers can wear the numbers 1 through 49 and 80 through 89. Defensive backs can choose from 1 through 59. Linebackers, 1 through 59 and 90 through 99. And then offensive linemen can go 50 to 79. Defensive linemen, 50 to 79 and 90 through 99. And kickers, QBs, punters, all staying between 1 to 19. So both in the Jaguars game and before it, I guess in that replay of the, of the Hall of Fame game I, I was watching, to see someone jolt through the defensive line from the defensive backfield uh, and rush the QB with like number two, <laughs> I guess kind of like Rayshon Jenkins on our team. Uh, I didn't know what to make of it. And I and I'm found myself like less focused on football and more focused on like, oh my God, who's allowed to do that? Like, how did this happen? When did people change their numbers? Who, who are, oh my God, are we going to see, is it going to be harder to watch football because I, I can't look at someone's jersey and then have a better, a quicker understanding of what position they play? Yeah, man, I, I actually totally agree with you too. I do not like it. Like one bit. Why did they even change it? Was there any need to? I feel like it's easier to identify players from a TV screen too when you know like this position group is this number, you know, you're not going to see a number two, you know, pass rusher or whatever. It's, I don't like it. I don't like it. Why did they change it? Do you, does it say why? We talked about the article that was published a year or so ago in which players made, when interviewed, made a point that visibly slimmer numbers made them feel faster in that wide receivers in the post-Keyshawn Johnson era had been trending towards the teens. So instead of just being 87, 88, 86, whatever, in the 80s, a lot of them, in fact, is it maybe most in the NFL, uh, started wearing something in the teens. And there was an argument that it made them feel faster. Like they looked faster. They they had like a faster <laughs> reputation or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I can see receivers going down to single digits, and that would be consistent with college football. For defensive backs, and even this what is like linebackers can be single digit now. Yeah. That that one kind of blows my mind. And I feel like that's gonna really cloud the potential of other single digit players, quarterbacks especially, but let's add to that uh special teams like kickers and, and punters to maybe even secure the number they want. It just it just feels really messy. Yeah, it feels messy to <laughs> secure the number they want. <laughs> like, oh no, all these guys can be, you know, 1 through 20 now. I'm not going to get my number. Who cares about that? I was thinking maybe it could potentially be a problem for quarterbacks. You know, they're looking, you know, scanning the defense pre-snap and they see a blitz coming, they're like, who is this number three guy about to rush me? Like, I don't know. It could, it could make a difference in coverages. Or even just the inability to know, yeah, if the person's like uh, safety, are they a cornerback or a linebacker? Exactly. Yeah. With matchups and stuff. And I guess, yeah, it's so stupid, but it's just like adding more to the quarterback's homework to memorize who on the other side of the ball or the other side of the line Who's, who's going to be dropping into coverage versus more likely to, to blitz, it's, it gives them more work. Uh, and, and speaking of the work to familiarize oneself with the jersey numbers, Brian Sexton, who called the preseason game, uh, so this was the Jaguars losing to the Browns in their first uh, preseason game of the season with a score of 23-13, to Brian Sexton annoyed the out of me. 
because multiple times the Jaguars would have a playmaker, someone makes a play, they catch, they catch a fairly deep ball, or they run a kickback or some shit, and he's calling the game, and he doesn't know who that player is. If you rewatch that game, or if he calls another one, which who knows if he will on TV, but he has this like 10 to 15 second period where he's saying just shit about the play to buy time as he scrolls through the roster and finds, oh, that was Shaquille Griffin, 26, right? So each play, if you, if you listen to his call, he'll say, wow, what a catch. I mean, really got up there and, and just caught it. And, and the throw, it, it, it made it to the receiver right where he could, right where he could catch it. That, that, that play, move, that moved them down the field. A great catch by, uh, in midair by uh, uh, Marvin Jones, number 11. And then one time he even blamed his inability to identify the player on the fact that, that in the preseason, multiple players have the same number. Yeah, they do. Yeah. That, I find that annoying as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But how many? Okay. And if your job, if you're getting money to call this game, why would you not look at the roster and see like, oh, shit, tonight, like these four players are going to be, you know, in duos of the same number or whatever. It's f-ing crazy. Man. <laughs> I'm starting to think you wrote this topic down specifically so we could roast uh, Brian Sexton now. Uh, most topics I write down so that we can roast Brian Sexton. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, so I do want to ask you a question, I said. So the numbers thing is a little annoying. But another annoying thing some people have brought up is the 17-game season. Uh, there's going to be no even records. There's, there's no, there's no uh, you either had a winning season or a losing season. Right, there's no more eight and eight. It's going to eight and nine, nine and eight, and then and so on and so forth. Some people have said that's super annoying. I'm I'm curious if you could take one thing. You're faced with the reality that we are faced with the numbers chaos, jersey number chaos, and then the 17 game season. You could pick one and have the other one, thank God, disappear. Would you rather keep the 17 game season or keep the jersey number reshuffling? I would honestly keep the 17 game season. I don't think there's that much to bitch about. Like, how do you? about more football maybe for the guys that are actually playing it's a big deal but for us it's an extra week of football how can you complain about that and the jersey numbers are just annoying and it confuses the fans and i'm sure it confuses other people people on the field too 
So I would definitely just keep the 17 game season. Yeah, but 17 games it it disrupts consistency of like what four decades of 16 games, and even in like the football language, like saying a team went 11 and five, or they went four and 12, or they went uh, you know six and uh, six and 10. <laughs> so I was going to argue that I didn't have to think about those, <laughs> but now we're going to be rethinking <laughs> all those records man it's kind of annoying and then for stats keepers too man come on like whether or not you're a fantasy fan or or straight up you know hardcore just like uh position group stats leaders for the season it's that extra game is a pretty big difference man that's that's you know james robinson sticking around for another game and going well above a thousand versus barely breaking a thousand for example and like comparing that season to his rookie season i don't know it's gonna be in some ways, a little unfair. And lastly, Joe, the NFL, NFL could do ten game season, and it would be more than enough physical trauma on people's bodies and in high stakes games to go one more. I feel like we're just asking for a little bit more wear and tear, and maybe like an extra week of mostly meaningless football. Hmm, that's interesting. I I guess I didn't think of it that way. But I mean, for, for statistics, you could always you know just go to averages right and who plays a full season anyways like these skill position guys it's pretty common that they miss at least one game for whatever reason so i think that's one way to look at it but yeah it it does disrupt history a little bit but it also did have it it's happening you know they've done it in nhl nba seasons you know mlb especially with covid you know lockouts and whatnot and things just happen things change man I, I guess that's all there is to it. I don't know why they added an extra game. Probably for money, once again. But I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me that much. I can tell you one thing I don't f- mind is the preseason only being three games. Totally cool by me. Yeah, that that's fantastic. It's amazing. It should be less. I'll settle for two. Game two with the Saints coming up this next Monday should be our dress rehearsal game, right? I mean, what, uh, Trevor Lawrence whole half, maybe? Or a quarter and a half. Do you really think so? Yeah, I think so. We'll get to that in a second about the the QB controversy, the QB competition. Comp, yep. <laughs> yeah, man. I think so. I think it's going to be closer to the feel of a real game. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I wasn't sure, but well, you will have an extra week before the start of the regular season, following the third preseason game. So theoretically, you could have people, you know, like have a light ankle sprain and be back for game one, even off of game three. But you really wouldn't want to risk that. So I think I think game twos are. Is is there an extra week in between, like the last one and week one? I don't know if they added an extra week, but it's yeah, it's about I think it's two weeks, right? Because our first game is September twelfth. That's correct. Yeah. Our game against the Cowboys is what August twenty eighth or 29th. So okay, well that that's pretty good then. I kind of like you know just forget about the. Last preseason game, give them an extra week to prepare. I, I like that a lot better. Let's cover the thing everyone's talking about. So if you follow the Jaguars preseason game this past weekend and woke up the next morning to Google Jaguars, you would likely not see an article about Trevor Lawrence's performance. Uh, what would you see? I said, Tim Tebow, and this might be the last time we get to talk about this, so <laughs> I'm excited. You actually texted me like a, <laughs> a lol <laughs> midweek <laughs> about him being released. It's happened. It's already happened. Urban Myers announced the release of Tim Tebow. He's one of five players who have already been trimmed from the roster as we whittle down to the eventual regular season roster. 
but he did get some playing time on Saturday night. What's what's going on here, man? I, I I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed off, dude. You're pissed off that he's getting cut. I mean, I think they were going to give him one go in preseason and put him out for a, a few snaps, and it was whether he was going to do something good or something bad. It was just that simple. And I even feel like if he would have caught a pass, for example, or uh, made that block that was circulating around social media, I think that he'd stick around for week or you know the preseason week two. But there would still be a possibility he was going to get cut before the regular season. I think it was just a matter of time, and the time came sooner rather than later. And why are you upset? Don't be upset. Be happy about this. What about the $3,000 I put down for him to catch more than one <laughs> touchdown pass during the regular season? <laughs> There's boosts and stuff on all kinds of gambling websites. Oh, boy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think people I think people are protected, right? Because like he had to make the team for that bet to be qualified. I'm not sure. That's a great question though. But maybe I would I would have put that as, you know, if you're gonna put your money down, then you better assume he's gonna make the team. Tim Tebow, here's my take. We debated earlier on whether or not this was just like a gimmick to to really sell seats for the season. Uh if this was a distraction tactic. It's kinda like a celebrity story on the team. With a 33 turning 34 year old former quarterback, uh, college superstar with really one really exciting season in the NFL, coming back as a trying his luck as a tight end under his former college coach in an NFL uh, franchise, it the, his his being released this early is also kind of being released late as well. And I expected if we we're at least going to see him in the preseason that he'd get some balls thrown his way and that even just for the fans, man, just to, just to like even prove the case that he's not cut for it. Like have him run a f-ing direct snap bootleg, something just like shake it up. Yeah. So some gadget play, some gimmick play. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, I think his release, it like, it just stymied all of our speculation. No one knows. No one knows what the hell happened. I think we do know what happened though. We, you know, we have, we have tight ends on the roster. Urban wants to see him. It's Urban Meyer's decision, I'm sure, to cut him. And obviously, they have a personal relationship. So if he was cut, you know, Urban really doesn't think he's he's made for this. And you could tell in uh, when Urban gave some comments about it, which I, I actually want to know about your opinion about what he said. But he's like, you know, he's really straightforward. He was like, he's 34 years old. He's a great guy, but it's just not for him, you know? And that's that. So I'm actually proud of Urban. It gave it gave me some faith in Urban. A positive way to look at that. I don't know, man. That's some ageist bullshit. I'm 34. I just went against the CU football team and kicked some in basketball, mind you, in basketball. <laughs> but why bring him in, man? Come on, like you know the national attention that's gonna be to on see. this thing. You want to see? Well, then fucking let us see. Let us get a pass thrown his way. It's not fair that the national attention should be on him anyways. It should be on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I know, but that it wasn't that a possible tactic that you would actually take some pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, people, pundits this whole week have been talking about Trevor Lawrence's performance, which we will get to very, very shortly, and saying like, wow, we're, we're really an- admitting, we're analyzing this preseason game as if it's his first NFL regular season start. But to have Tim Tebow take the show uh, by basically doing literally nothing on last Saturday night— I think it was amazing for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I think I think it takes pressure away. It was total distraction 
but we're not even fulfilling the distraction part of it. We're not we're not fulfilling this the 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 real test either, are we? I mean, if he's that bad, if the whole barrel roll, spin move, face plant block <laughs> was emblematic of Tim Tebow's status, he should have been cut day two of training camp. What I'm getting out of this is you are saying you wanted the Jaguars to run a couple, one or two design plays to him where he would be receiving the ball to embarrass himself and then get cut. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like Tim Tebow wanted to play football and basically it was Urban doing him a favor, uh, doing a favor for, you know, a guy he's coached back in the day and possibly a friend, you know, just doing a favor like, hey, I'll give you the shot. But if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And it wasn't. But he gave him the chance at least. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, let's take a break for ads. And we'll be right back to talk about C.J. Henderson before we move on to quarterbacks. Welcome back. I said our next topic, we're going to move over to the defensive side and talk about who Amp Wig of Locked On Jags podcast calls the most talented defensive back, period, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, C.J. Henderson. How would you describe C.J. Henderson's last couple weeks with the team? Man, what what is going on? I really don't even know why they are trying to get rid of him. Do you? First, can we? Can you give me a a bit of that information? Because I have no idea. What do you mean getting rid of him? If, if the narrative I got was that he he wants out, his heart's not in the game. He wants out of football, or he wants out of Jacksonville. He wants out of Jacksonville. Why? I just don't understand why, though. You played how many games? You didn't even play a full season. No, 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 no. It goes back to the the day he was drafted. I know I joked about how they, they cut to his family in the living room, Zoom, oh. pandemic draft, and all this bullshit. And he looked f***ing pissed off he was drafted by the Jack. I know it was delayed. I know it was tape delay, so he hadn't been picked yet. <laughs> but ironically, his... His look before he knew he was even drafted is the same emotion <laughs> I feel like he shows after he's been drafted and with the team for this last year. I just want to know what his personal reasoning could have been, which obviously nobody knows. You know, does he want to win? Is it something about Urban Meyer he doesn't like or heard about in Florida? I just, like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, you are a second-year player. You don't just... You're not at liberty to just be like, all right, I want out. Like, I want to go win somewhere. Like, dude, it's your second year. Where do you think you're going? I think Urban Meyer lands on the team and he's got an opinion on every existing Jaguars player. And in some cases, that opinion hopefully has been, you know, to encourage the player to get better. DJ Chark stands out as the first player that comes to mind where, you know, Chark to us uh, before last season, before 2020 season, we had super high hopes. This guy's fucking A-lister. Yep. I uh, was going to be in the league forever, and he's going to be, you know, one of our superstars at receiver. And he has, like, a so-so season. I don't want to say he had, like, Keelan Cole-level mind games, but I definitely got the chills, right? I feel like every year we've got some receiver that we kind of hype up too much, and then they they really uh, uh, have a difficult year. Urban Meyer lands, says, here's the deal. DJ Chark, I like the guy. You know, he seems talented, whatever, but I don't see him being as aggressive as he should be, right? And how did DJ Chark take that? Takes it to heart, 
works out, gains 10 pounds over the offseason. Hey, I gained 10 pounds over the Not for those reasons, though. <laughs> and and he's, he's in all the photos on Instagram with the whole receiver group. Everybody looks happy-go-lucky. Looks like a successful story. Awesome. Great. Uh, I think C.J. Henderson, my bet is that it's one of the players that Urban Meyer land says, what the fuck, we drafted this guy. Oh. <laughs> right? We all know he had an awesome opening game against the Colts last year, but everybody did. That's true. <laughs> and unfortunately— <laughs> that didn't happen again the rest of the season. He had some injuries. Some of them are kind of nagging injuries. Some of them maybe, maybe I don't know, bordering more serious. I don't know. I, injuries are a big deal. I think like it's it's definitely not fair for players to put themselves at risk, even with like minor injuries, because it could lead to bigger shit. It could cost you your whole career. Cool. Gotcha. With all respect to that, I just don't feel like his heart is in the game as much. And Urban Meyer respects these people that with a heart in the game, right? That's one of the reasons maybe Minshew's around is actually Urban Meyer actually likes him. Yeah, it's a great point. Like as a as a player, as a as a right. human, as a football player, competitive spirit. Yeah, I as agree. a competitive person, C.J. Henderson doesn't have that vibe. So if you if the new coach shows up and you're not the the star, right? And we saw Jalen Ramsey. I don't know what his corners, man, but they they largely run on ego and energy. And if if you're used to being the 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 person people are talking about or they're afraid of, or in Ramsey's case, even just the the lightning rod that attracts a lot of attention for good and bad reasons, and the coach lands and he's like, hey, I what? I mean, I'd be fucking ignoring C.J. Henderson, man. If he's got a bad attitude in that room, fuck you, man. Fuck you. You're a first round pick, and you you don't take this like professionally. Fuck you. Yeah. So yeah. So no way. No wonder he'd go off for like a couple the, weeks. the competitive spirit thing. We kind of noticed too that he's not very emotional or anything on the field. You know, he just kind of not not like Jalen Ramsey, which I love in a cornerback, especially right. You like those guys that bark bark at people, and I don't see that with him, which I loved with Ramsey. That could be a reason. Urban, you know, maybe doesn't favor him. I don't know what's going on there, but. I do think he is the most talented DB on the team. Also, that's not saying that much either, Bentley. Like, who do we have? Rayshon Jenkins, Jared Wilson. We got Tyson Campbell, like Sidney Jones. What? These guys aren't superstars. Shaq Griffin, too. Halt at, at Tyson Campbell, who was our, I would say, fuck, man. I don't know. There's a lot of draft surprises, I guess, right? Because ATN, yeah. ATN we, we feel like we you know, drafted too early regardless. But... Tyson Campbell, you wake up draft day two. He's our first pick out of Georgia, uh, cornerback. That one did feel like a slap in the face to C.J. Henderson. It was ironic because so many so many cornerbacks had already gone in the draft. What was he, pick 33? And there was already five other cornerbacks who had been drafted, including, I think, one of his teammates from Georgia already. Yep. Insane. But that that is too early to pick if, if you're really confident about C.J. Henderson. And then, of course, Shaq Griffin starting on whether other respective side of the field and then, you know, Sidney Jones, who had performed really well the previous year. I, I think Tyson Campbell might be part of that mix, right? It's part of that, uh, you know, f*** you to, to C.J. Henderson. I mean, I feel like C.J. Henderson, though, as a first-round pick, is going to have to start. Like, until he loses the job, and once he loses the job, he he gets traded off. Like, it's, it's game over. So who are you starting? You're starting Henderson and Shaq Griffin. Oh, hell yeah. Hands down. But I don't know if that's how it's going to shake out, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And I don't know who plays the nickel, too. That's the other question. And and it's kind of— uh, there's a, Trey Herndon. Trey well, Herndon, for Trey sure. Herndon would be a good nickel corner, but he's out. But the other thing is a uh, debate over nickel. Some people talk about it as if it's, you know, super specialized. You know, you, you might need to be a certain uh, smaller size, possibly match up with the you know slot receiver on the other side of the field. 
Or is it like the leftover corner? <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like Trey Herndon, we've, we've put him there because he's our, he's our leftover <laughs> right now. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying because, I mean, Kenny Moore for the Colts, he is the best cornerback on that team. And he, he will line up, uh, you know, in the slot and cover guys in the slot because he's the best slot corner in the league, in my opinion. So I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Talking about C.J. Henderson's future with the team right here leads us to another player that just uh, saw their future with the team uh, evaporate into thin air. This was Joe Schobert, <laughs> linebacker, who we had paid a pretty large sum of money ahead of last year's season. It was kind of a surprising signing, in my opinion, because if we were tanking on all aspects of the field, why pay that much to a middle linebacker to come in? Schobert's gone. He's been traded off to the Steelers. I think one of the biggest things is we're kind of getting rid of his salary, but it also feels like we're more confident with Damian Wilson, who we picked up from the Chiefs at middle linebacker, who I'm just guessing is at a better training camp or something. What what the hell happened with that? I'm not sure. I, mean, I was looking at the same thing and wondering the same thing. I don't know if it's really about Damian Wilson or if it's about Joe Schobert not wanting him around. But either way, uh, I was pretty surprised, to be honest with you. I was excited. I mean, he was only on the team last year, right? Just one year? Yeah, and he was loaded in uh, statistical production. Tackles, yeah, right? He had a bunch of tackles. A ton of tackles. Um, You know, I guess one of the stories is that he's not as good as Damon Wilson in run coverage and that he maybe prefers even to drop back into pass coverage and and winds up with, like, you know, a couple picks every season. Yeah. Definitely. He had a pick six last year. I think that was like his only big highlight of the year that I can remember. Moving on to our uh, final topic today, the Jaguars quarterback controversy, the controversy between Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Minshew having been announced this team starter in his rookie season to you know help replace an injured Nick Foles. He sort of won the starting job later on in the season and then and wound up returning in 2020 as the Jaguars starter for the uh, tank-tastic season that was 2020. Mm-hmm. He's still around. I attribute this to Urban Meyer's admiration for his competitiveness and possibly a scenario in which we want to kind of show off Minshew's value before a trade at the beginning of the season. With all this talk of competition though i have to call bullshit to say that trevor lawrence and gardner Minshew are in a competition for the starting quarterback job of the jacksonville jaguars it just seems like nonsense when it's clear that it's cj bethard's position to lose cj <laughs> bethard had 13 of 16 passes completed for 102 yards a touchdown no interceptions and a beautiful passer rating of 114.1 uh, on Saturday night. I, would you agree or disagree? I mean, I will disagree, and I don't know if you're bullshitting me, but for the sake of argument, C.J. Beathard will not be our starter. I could see him being our second string because personally, I think he's better than Gardner Minshew. But Trevor Lawrence will be the di- week one starter, man. There's no question about it. They're just saying all this competition nonsense just to say it, really, because, you know, you should be on your heels. Like, you know, like I could potentially not be the starter i could lose my job at any time i think that's good that urban puts that in the quarterback room because we haven't heard that about zach wilson you know i haven't heard anything at least 
he's just going to be the starter. I like I like the little competition, but I'm sure Trevor knows it in his head. Urban knows it in, in his head. Us fans know it. The cons know it. Everybody knows. Gardner Minshew knows it, man. He knows that Trevor Lawrence is the week one starter, but Gardner ain't, ain't a bitch either. He's not going to just go and say, I'm, you know, I'm just here for to be a backup. He would never say that. Which which was why he's around, I'm sure. You're probably you're probably right about that one. But it's gonna be Trevor. In an interview, Gardner Minshew said he hasn't uh taken a shit in two months because number two is not an option at this point. Which is hilarious and obviously a lie. Okay, I'm gonna argue a little bit against this here. I push push back on you, as they say. Okay. I think that Minshew is a somewhat accomplished what would you call it veteran now it's always funny people say you're a veteran like as long as you're like past your rookie season basically right i know it's weird he's had two difficult seasons in the bag with the jaguars and he's also had lots of ups and downs he's had some elite games and he's had some shitty games uh but overall he's a quarterback who's who was drafted crazy late in 2019 and has made his way consistently to the top of an NFL roster uh, two years in a row. That's impressive. He's got the story. He's got the talent. Uh, When you want to talk about his overall physical abilities and his arm and everything, I can understand Trevor Lawrence as prototypical, you know, best quarterback, People have rated in the draft since Andrew Luck and John Elway or Johnny Unitas, whatever the hell they say. <laughs> but but Minshew is right now, if you had to play a game, I mean, he's got a lot more NFL experience than Trevor Lawrence does, which is basically one preseason game. So in terms of raw talent, obviously Trevor Lawrence is our pick. Obviously, he's our number one quarterback for, we hope, 10 plus years. But in terms of realistic, actual winnability and okay, I I can actually see a little bit of argument there. Yeah, the thing with Gardner is we knew last year when he got pulled for Jake Jake Luton. Well, he actually first he got pulled for Mike Glennon. We knew it was over, man. Like you, do you truly believe Gardner Minshew got better over the offseason to where he can start? Yeah, and we won't you. You think I I forgot? Did you forget what was going on last year when he was playing quarterback? Oh, I, I think you've already forgotten. Yeah, he was hiding a broken thumb. Oh my god, do not make excuses for him. He's he's not going to start. And as far as experience goes, Gardner Minshew has played in the NFL, but Trevor Lawrence has played NFL talent all in college at when he was a freshman, sophomore, and yeah, he played 3 years, right? Yeah, and a junior, right? Like this guy played in big games. He played in a national title game. So I, I'd give him the nod, man. He's played in big games, huge games in college okay. football. Yeah, he hasn't had a collapsing pocket like he's going to have with the Jaguars this season. His entire career at Clemson. No, oh my goodness. Yeah, he'll learn as he goes. <laughs> Just thought crossed my mind. <laughs> what if Gardner Minshew's broken thumb last year was also a self-afflicted <laughs> hammer injury <laughs> when he knew he wasn't going to have as good a season, so he wanted an excuse to leave <laughs> and took a hammer to the thumb again, man. <laughs> keep keep that in the back pocket. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had a broken thumb. So. That's some deep theory, yeah. deep theory right there. I guess last question then for you on this topic is uh, you just said C.J. Beathard might be our second-string quarterback. Do you, what? What is your actual expectation for for game one september 12th who who will be the second string quarterback 
will one of them not be on the roster? I I mean, I would probably think it'll be Minshew just because he's been with the team as well. You know, he was the starter last year. He know he knows obviously everything changed. Like nothing's going to be the same, but he knows the guys and he knows how to play on this team. The fans love him too. So that you got to take that into account. I think he will be the second string, but I do think Beathard is a little more talented and I've seen CJ Beathard play when he was with the Niners, man. He played some really good games, but that could also be because of Kyle Shanahan in that system. I think it might be. I think we have a, a, a bias towards quarterbacks on other teams, right? Where we're, we're like hypercritical of our own quarterbacks because we've seen them and they're complete ups and downs and we know their weaknesses and we're, we're f- afraid, right? Most of the time. Cause you know, if you're, if Trevor Lawrence, right, if the, <laughs> some people didn't like the way he played, they weren't too impressed with his decision-making uh, or quickness to, to pass on the, in the first game of the season, of the preseason. And I know we can all yeah. say, oh, it's the preseason, but it's also scary, right? Because you and I, neither one of us wants Trevor Lawrence to, to, to be a fluke. With you know Gardner Minshew, we're hypercritical, right? Because we see the, the tension of the nation is on this guy with Minshew mania. So if he, with all the Minshew mania, comes off a really nice game, but then opens the next one with you know two, two f- uh, sack fumbles in a row, it's, it's embarrassing for us and it's, it's frightening. I think if you look at, C.J. Beathard's stats in what is it his three season career? Yep, he's 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 only completed fifty eight point six percent of his passes, three thousand four hundred sixty nine yards, uh, eighteen touchdowns, thirteen interceptions, for an eighty one point one passer rating. That is not impressive at all. It's not. If he's a backup, it's going to be for some X factor decision making game management variable. It's not going to be for his overall production Minshew on the other hand in his two seasons 62.9 percent of passes completed for 5,530 yards 37 touchdowns and 11 interceptions 93.1 rating and that's a good quarterback line right there I mean come at me if you disagree yeah that's that was from year one most of that's from year one I don't care what year it's from man it's this it's the guy's production that's Minshew's stats he's getting worse he's he's how, how the hell do you no one gets worse until later in life he got worse <laughs> <laughs> oh look at you fighting for Gardner Minshew we thought we would never talk about Gardner Minshew again we gave him like a little send-off and everything you know that we're moving on from him and going to Trevor and here we are Still talking about Gardner. Well, if okay, Urban Meyer loves him. If he's not looking to trade him, that means he's going to be the second string quarterback, most likely. CJ Beathard will be on the roster. That's not a bad scenario to have, have both of them on the roster. And Lawrence, uh, under our star studded offensive line, mm-hmm. uh, with Cam Robinson, who gave out fucking eight sacks last year, <laughs> Lawrence goes down in game three with a torn ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. Quit it. Minshew comes in and we have another Minshew season, dude. Like you, you know, that's that that would be a really terrible scenario. If he can make it past the burrow, the burrow cutoff, whatever, right? If, he, right. if Lawrence can yeah. get us Lawrence has it with with a running record in late November, and we've got five or six, I guess we have six games or something left at that point. Then Minshew comes in with some more Minshew mania, probably probably goes five hundred and we make the playoffs. I mean what a season, man. What a weird one-two punch to have with 
both those guys on the roster, Lawrence and Mitch. Sounds like you play, have it all planned out in your head, man. I don't even want to tear down your dreams or anything at this point. <laughs> That's funny. So I, I have a few questions for you before we leave off. So question one is, you know, the depth chart is finalized, and Gardner Minshew is officially the second-string quarterback. You think he asked for out, saying, I want out? No. It's a good question because he's got a he's got a he has an ego, but in a weird way, right? He just values himself. Right. I think that could threaten his ability to stay as the second string quarterback, but he's already been second string with behind Nick Foles. Uh and he also still is like a what, six round draft True. pick a couple years ago. I think he would recognize the potential value in the situation, like I just outlined one of those scenarios when he, he just needs to be the guy who's ready to come in. At any point. And he already knows, right? Like, there's something in the back of my, back of his mind. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but he's like, I'm probably going to be the backup. And the cup, so he's, he's a couple things prepared. come in here. I think if he might be delusional and really think that, that he could win out the job from Trevor Lawrence this season. I think if Trevor Lawrence, if and when he's announced, you know, the hands down starting quarterback, <laughs> he's not, he's not getting benched. Ain't no Nick Foles scenario. You're going to go out and. Yeah, he, he will not get benched. You're gonna go out and ride with him, and he will eventually right the ship. Okay, this is not a this is not a Blaine Gabbert. Yep. You will eventually right the ship. They'll if if it's a nightmare season, they'll put together like, you know, three or four wins in the latter half of the season and kind of make it worth watching. So I think Minshew is delusional if he thinks that he's gonna like win the job out from Trevor Lawrence because that's that's not gonna happen. Of course. Um, however, uh, stepping in for Trevor Lawrence is very possible. And it's it's a it's a la, it's akin to Chad Henney, another former Jaguars quarterback with the Chiefs, yeah, stepping in to win a crucial playoff game in Patrick Mahomes' absence. Am I right? Did that really happen? That that happened against the that Browns, right? Crazy. That's still crazy. It wow. was it was nuts. So Minshew may very well do something like this. I mean, I know I know I sound lofty, right? But like. Very possible if the, if the Jaguars have a winning season this year and they 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 appear to have all their all their eggs in the basket or whatever the metaphor is to to try to win this year and let's say they're kind of clinging on to a nine and eight or no sorry ten and ten and seven record or something to <laughs> to make it into the playoffs and Lawrence goes down two games left whatever man I uh, Minshew comes in and wins you know those games to send in the playoffs. That is a successful season on Minshew's side, right? Train all that time, come in when your name's called, and win some games to go into the playoffs. Maybe even he plays one or two of those playoff games. That's that's on the on the CV. That's up there, dude. That's like that's as valuable in terms of future career, like being able to be traded to a place to start again. That's as valuable as having like a you know a fairly medium season as a, a mediocre season as a starter, right? Or more valuable than that if you. So he put up 4,000 yards as a starter, 28 touchdowns, and, like, 15 picks. Not that amazing, but, like, you know, you won a few games, whatever, versus coming in as the season-saving backup. I think that actually helps him market himself and, and get off to start somewhere. Yeah, it could. It could. We, we'll see what happens with the whole Minshew Lawrence thing. I'm sure it'll be a lot more simple when they, you know, have a sure starting quarterback, which they probably already do. But we'll get to that when the time comes, I'm sure. Yeah. And we got to see more of Trevor Lawrence against the Saints to kind of 
quell those <laughs> suspicions. Right. Yeah, because I didn't see enough. And that, that actually kind of leads into my second question, like quickly, like in, in a sentence or so, like, like, what was your first impression of Trevor? Uh, I was I was a, a little a little scared. OK, starting off with the strip sack, whatever, which he recovered. Thank God. That's not that big of a deal for me. Everybody has their uh, preseason nightmares. And it's kind of nice to get that out of the way. Right. The wor- what's the worst that could happen? OK, have it happen. Oh, okay. That was the worst. Okay, cool. All right. We'll still have the ball. Let's let's keep yeah. moving. And, it, and it's preseason. It's preseason. Yeah, of course. I mean, Gardner Minshew got his helmet knocked off, for God's sake, in the preseason. <laughs> he, he looked... And that was bad. He looked completely... That was bad. <laughs> ...out of place. <laughs> oh, man. But I what disappoints me more is Trevor Lawrence's pass to Marvin Jones, which uh, every... F- surface level commentator on the game is saying wow what a what a immaculate throw and brian sexton brian sexton for the rest of the game when they interviewed shot Khan, they brought the fucking owner the billionaire owner of the team into the box I saw. when yep. when <laughs> there was a lull in activity and he just needed to fill the air would come back and say well uh, if, if the fans saw that Trevor Lawrence 35-yard throw to Marvin Jones, uh, we know there's something to be excited about in the building. That was a terrible decision. He had someone wide open. It may have been O'Shaughnessy on the sideline for a guaranteed 20 yards. Wide open. Wide, wide open. And he threw in a double coverage for a play that Marvin Jones deserves credit for making happen. So That's what Marvin does. I was not impressed with Trevor Lawrence I love him like I, I I it was comforting to see him in a Jaguars helmet don't get me wrong but no I didn't walk away from that watching that game walk away from my recliner in my living room <laughs> <laughs> saying uh, wow oh wow how exciting we're gonna go to the divisional round of the playoffs this year yeah I'd honestly Pretty much, I pretty much agree with all of that. So I, I do, I agree also that I want to see more of him against the Saints because I didn't get, I, I feel like I didn't get a good feel for what what it was going to be like for what's coming. So I definitely need to see more. We're very excited to see more. And thank you for joining us on this episode of the Drunken Jaguar. You can follow us at Drunken Jaguar on Twitter. Uh, Drunken Jaguar is part of the. SB Nation and Big Cat Country, a collection of podcasts here. Make sure to uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Drop us a nice little review. If you don't want to drop us a nice review. Drop a uh, mean review. (laughs) (laughs) Anything, anything. On behalf of myself and Ased, it's been a pleasure. Go Jags. All right, go Jaguars.
and, and he just he just he just grabbed it, he did fingertips, and then he wrapped his other hand around, it and he got possession, and then he and then he uh, you know two feet were down, and uh, it was a really in the end nice catch by uh, Josh Hammond. <laughs>